Hey, hon, you have just tuned in to My Boss Circle on your favorite podcast platform. I am your boss host and founder of My Boss Circle and business strategy coach, Alexis Sierra. My Boss Circle podcast empowers a network of women entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs to build scalable businesses through boss conversations and relationship building. This week on My Boss Circle, we have one of my favorite, favorite boss friends. And I like to call her our marketing guru boss friend. (laughs) And I want everybody right now to just welcome boss friend, Lori Hall. Welcome, Lori. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. I think this is going to be a great conversation for anyone who has a marketing background and is wanting to start their own business in the marketing world. She has such a great background, so I'm so excited to get into this conversation. So let's get into it. So I want to start by telling everybody how I met my boss friend, Lori Hall. It is the sweetest story because we were actually at another uh, a mutual friends event where we were celebrating a boss friend moving to her next level. And we actually sat beside each other at the table. And I remember it was probably about 25 women at this restaurant. And we just started talking to each other and we just immediately hit it off. I know that within like the first hour of the conversation, we had already planned to go on trips to Madrid and everything. (laughs) Yes, yes, I remember that. (laughs) We were besties immediately. We really were. We really were. It was like, oh my gosh, like I've met my real, like, I call it my forever friend. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Just know I, it immediately. We did. Immediately. I was like, don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and we have been friends ever since. And when I tell you, it has been so much fun being your friend, Lori. Like, I remember, yeah, girl, I remember at the beginning when we spent that whole weekend, we have had some fun experiences together. (laughs) When I do events, events, Lori was my date for like majority of them. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And I was cute. We dressed up. We went out. Yes, honey. Yes. We were always dressed. We we loved a good gala or a good celebrity weekend. Right. Meeting Danny Glover, (laughs) you know, small things. Yes. Yes. Look, and actually got to see the first performance in centuries from the Jackson five together. That's right. Those are some great moments. (laughs) (laughs) yes thank you for the trip down memory lane this is fantastic yes 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 so I'm so excited to have you so tell all of our listeners about your background and your business oh my goodness how much time do you have no 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 Um, (laughs) we got time boo we got time (laughs) right right well first of all thank you again for having me on my boss circle if y'all don't know this is the best podcast to listen to to just get your life get your dreams do what you need to do to become an entrepreneur so i'm very very thankful to alexa sierra for having me on it's an honor Anytime. Um, thank you, sis. So my background, you know, I come from a little bit of a wavy background in terms of how I got to where I am today. So I started um, after college. I'm going to go all the way back, if you don't mind, all the way back. After college, I decided that I wanted to try to apply to law school. And the only reason I did that is because I felt like 
everybody else was going to law school. When you come out of law school, you make six figures. I was like, you know what? I could go to an ad agency, do marketing, but I'd only make, you know, $50,000. Not saying that's bad, mm -hmm. but when I compared it to making six figures, you know, if I went to law school, graduated, got a law firm job, I was like three more years of school, six figures makes sense, right? So I actually, <laughs> that was literally the math. I applied <laughs> to law schools, got into several, and decided to go to Vanderbilt Law. And Vanderbilt, you know, is a top 25 law school. You know, my mother was ecstatic. Yes. My family was ecstatic. Yeah, so it was beautiful, all that. And then, um, you know, my mother actually ended up getting colorectal cancer. And so I had to take a year off, go home, help her out, help her through her uh, surgery. And she's she's doing well now. You know, mom, you know, she's she's great. Yes, love your mom. Like she, <laughs> she's another she's another boss circle. Like, hey. oh, my God. Talk about those success stories. <laughs> right? she's, about, she's about to take the bar uh, for the Georgia yes. bar I'm a lawyer in September. So, yes, very proud of her at 67 yes. years old. Um, so yes, <laughs> right. So, um, I then went to law school and I hated it. I hated every single bit of law <laughs> wow. school. Like, you know how you might be able to push through something, a workout, a, you know, mm -hmm. bad day at work, whatever. This was worse than that. It was, it was not that. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, everybody else, you know, loved it. And I knew I was smart enough to get through it. And I was even voted student rep like first year student rep. So I was in the student government for law school. People voted, you know, for me to be their representative. So I was well-liked, had a lot of friends, all that stuff, but I just really hated the study of it. And so Ooh. Christmas break comes, I go home and come back to school after that. And I'm still miserable. And everybody else came back a little refreshed. Oh, I'm ready to take on second semester. And I was down in the dumps. And that was my first sign that this might not be for you. And if you're an A-type person, like Alexis and I are, we're like, we're very A-type people. We like to get it done. Yes. We like to be on track. We like to be successful. You know, it's really hard to quit something. I'd never quit anything in my life ever when I was in law school. Wow. And I started to get all kinds of clues, like physical clues. Like my body was having a freak out moment. It was like I was jumping out of my skin because I realized that if I finished second semester, I was going to have to practice law for 10 years to pay off the debt of going to law school. And only after 10 years would I be free to pursue my dreams. So that felt like a mountain of pressure on me. I'm sure. Um, so I called, right? I called my mom, told her I wanted to quit. She said, no, don't quit. Called my dad, told him what I wanted to quit. He said, go for your dreams, quit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I told some friends at law school and they were like, well, what are you going to do? And I said, oh crap, I have to have something to do if I'm going to quit? <laughs> Went back to my room. Seriously, I hadn't even thought about like what's going to no be plan. after no this. Plan. I, I was just like, I'm just quitting. No, no plan. plan whatsoever. <laughs> exactly with thank god we had google so i went to google and i said google what am i gonna do after law school and i was like what was my original passion and it's always been tv and film and in in college i was a radio tv film major when i started oh, wow. and switched to communication to study marketing because i felt like i didn't love film history so i was like maybe i'm not going to be a producer even though in college i produced short movies like i produced shorts and I loved it. I did photography, loved it. But I was like, this might not be a like long-term career thing. Anyway, fast forward. I was like, let me go and Google TV internships. Found one at Turner Broadcasting. Had not applied. 
had not applied. I'm saying that again because okay. I go back to school and I tell everybody, I'm going to be an intern at Turner Broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> How is that for faith? Oh, my God. <laughs> mustard seed. What? I just went and said that's what I was going to do. And, you know, people finally felt it was acceptable for me to quit, but I quit. And I'll tell you what was the biggest factor in me quitting. I went to the dean of Vanderbilt Law School. She was a psychology major, so she was a psychologist. She told me, she said, Lori, law school will always be here. The institution of law is not going anywhere. It'll be here for hundreds of years to come. So take your break. Figure out what you want to do. I'll give you a year off. And if you want to come back after a year, you won't have to reapply. And then she was like, if you quit now in the first week of second semester, you can get all your money back. I said, hallelujah. I will do it. <laughs> okay, fine. Quit, quit, quit. And, they would, and there was another guy in my class who wanted to quit, but they wouldn't let him. And he was a fantastic student. He loved the law. I don't know why they didn't give him a year off, but, you know, favor ain't fair. So um, I quit law school applied for a Turner Broadcasting internship, got Turner Broadcasting internship. I was one out of six people they accepted out of 100 applicants. Wow. So that was phenomenal. Yes. Um, basically, when I left law school, I moved in with my then boyfriend and um, I started doing research and tried to find a connection to anybody at Turner Broadcasting. And this is just to show you the steps it takes to really go after your dreams. I researched my circle right? Mm -hmm. To say, do I know anyone? Turn, and I thought of a woman I babysat for when I was 16 years old. I knew that her sister was a writer in Hollywood. So I reached out wow. to Veronica, who was the woman I babysat for. Mm -hmm. She reached out to her sister, Elise. Um, Elise said, I know a guy who's a VP of marketing at Turner Broadcasting. I'll put you in touch. Wow. And that guy, Gary Holland, he actually um, gave me great insight into how to put together my project slash pitch to be an intern. Wow. Um, so yeah, I still had to compete for it. I still had to go in front of a panel of people. I still had to present. I had to do a PowerPoint presentation on marketing. I chose to market sex in the city because I knew it was going to TBS at the nice. time. And I was fortunate enough to be selected. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got my foot in the door. Wow. Um, but just really quickly, I skipped over a little piece. Before I did Turner Broadcasting, I did a stint um, of production at um, Being Bobby Brown. So oh, okay. <laughs> so that, that, that means that a lot of those iconic moments that we saw, especially in the store. Yes, I was there. I was there oh with the sunglasses. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> in some of the shows, I can see myself in the mirror reflection. <laughs> that <laughs> had to be an experience. Oh my gosh. Dude, when I tell you, it was so funny because, you know, when you, it, it's interesting. We're in coronavirus times and, and a lot of people are being laid off. Um, I was impacted. I was laid off from my last job due to coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And similarly, when you quit law school, you're without a plan. Yeah. Like your whole life, you go to school, you go to kindergarten, you know, mm -hmm. you go to sixth grade, you go to 10th grade, you go to 12th grade, you go to college. Your whole life, you had it planned out because you had to keep going in school. Yeah. And then there's a time as an adult where you have no specific plan that you have to, you know, take action on. Yeah. And quitting law school was just like that. I was like, what am I going to do? So I applied for some production jobs. I got a couple of initial production jobs and like being Bobby Brown was my third production job. And Whitney Houston was my all time favorite singer. Oh my gosh. I can like, only imagine how that was to experience that girl. <laughs> 
Look, I still remember the day. I was mad at my then boyfriend. So a girl called me, said, do you want to work on this show? I said, sure. I don't care what it is. Tell me where to go. She was like, oh, it's called Bean Bobby Brown. I never <laughs> thought I'd meet Whitney. Never thought in a million years I'd meet Whitney. I was just ready to get out of the house. Yeah. I was pissed. So <laughs> we had an argument or something. And so then I leave. I go to set. Set is Bobby in Whitney's house. And so as soon as we roll up, they're like, all right, we got to get Bobby. And we're going to take him to the IHOP to go grab Whitney because she's there with the kids. And I'm like, what? What? Excuse me? Hmm? So <laughs> we roll up the IHOP. <laughs> and there's Whitney Houston. Oh, and my it's just, God. It was amazing time of my life to to do that it was four months two female producers two other boss chicks uh wanda wow tracy baker simmons they were the executive producers and founders of the entertainment company producing this and so it was just amazing they didn't want me to leave but i ended up leaving to go to turner broadcasting because i ended up getting that internship so that's how that all kind of came together Got it. So see, you were able to get a little experience even before the internship. I was, I was, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, it's all about your network. (laughs) Exactly. You never know. I always tell people you're only one degree away from someone that you need or want to know. Just one degree. Somebody you know knows that person that you want to get to. Trust it. You don't have to go to LinkedIn to figure Mm -hmm. it out. So um, after that, so I stayed at Turner for nine years. I got promoted every two years. It was fantastic. I worked with Tyler Perry very closely. I launched all of his TV shows from House of Pain. Um, We launched that locally. And because it did so well, the marketing for it got enough people to the table. um, We decided to give Tyler a hundred episode deal. So that was huge. The president of the network congratulated me, thought I was great. That meant a lot to me. I was like 23 doing this. Wow, that's awesome. Yes, 23. And then we launched Tyler's shows um, nationally. And I remember the day that I had to go to Tyler's then studio, which is off Crog Street in Atlanta. And I had to record him for radio. And I went over there, 23 years old, had a radio script, and his. first um ad his um basically his number two his lieutenant roger bob he was like sure come on i'll make sure that you Mm -hmm. get time with tyler so i said okay great so i go it's me tyler and roger bob and i'm like okay i just need somewhere to record so that was before tyler had his big beautiful studios and we had to do it wardrobe Mm -hmm. room um and we basically used the clothes for sound padding so he was standing between clothes. Wow. <laughs> and we had the, the, the recording <laughs> equipment there. And here I am, 23 years old, like, okay, I'm going to record with Tyler Perry. Now, that's before Tyler Perry was as big as he is today. That's when he was first getting his very first television series off. He was still well known. Yeah. During yes, the plays. Was, right. During the plays segment. Exactly. He was still famous from his plays and things like that. And I think that once he got the TV deal, it kind of took his uh, level of celebrity to an astronomical level. Um, and so we're there, I'm recording, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I give him the script. We meet. He's very, very nice, very sweet, very gracious. And I ask him to record. So he records it one time all the way through. And I'm thinking that's all I'm going to get. So I was like, okay, it's about time to pack it up. And he looks at me after he <laughs> records. He says, was that good enough? Like, do I need to do it again? And he had recorded it perfectly, but that he asked wow. and because he gave me that position of authority to decide, yes, it was good enough. No, it wasn't since I'm from the network. I was like, well, I, 
uh, actually, I need you to re-record mm-hmm. that one more time. We need to capture another round. Like, I just, I just gave him feedback just to give him feedback <laughs> because he gave me that leeway. Um, and that was a phenomenal wow. shift in my young career at the time. And I will tell you this, he is one of the most prolific, one of the most amazing champions of Black women, Black people. Um, and he made white executives at, at Turner really look at me seriously because every time we would go to his studios, I would roll up with the president of the network, a man named Steve Coonan, who was phenomenal, a great mentor to me. Um, you know, Trisha Melton, the head of marketing, we would roll up there and he would immediately give me the floor. He would always acknowledge me. He would say, Lori, what do you think about this? Lori, what about that? I remember he whispered in our ears one time, like, I'm so glad that black women, me and the VP at the time were the only black women in the room. He's like, I'm so glad having black women at the table. And it was just so empowering. I can't tell you how that felt. And I I have to thank him to this day because he really did such a justice for me, the other woman who was with me, um, Dickie Free, the VP. He really made them notice us. And it carried through in my entire time at Turner. When he had a problem, he would call me. I'd be nervous because I got Tyler Perry calling me saying that there's an issue. But... It also gave me uh, power, you know, within Turner, you know, with the president, with the head of marketing for them to know that he was looking to me as a partner. He was looking to me for, um, you know, insight, opinion, whatever. And I'm not sure if he did it. I I think he did it purposely to really make sure that they knew this black girl is important and y'all need to know that, you know, to make sure that we did it equally. So, yeah, it was a really great, great time. Um, I, will, I work with a lot of great people. I, I launched Jada Pinkett Smith's show, Hawthorne. Yes, girl, that was my show, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look that here. Was my show. It was phenomenal. <laughs> it was the first show about a Black nurse since Julia um, with Diane Carroll. Yeah. So it was amazing. And she's also one of the absolute best people to work with. Um, she, I, When I tell you she's gracious, we, we took her down to Essence Festival Took the whole show down. By then, I was doing multi-million dollar marketing campaigns, you know, upwards of, you know, five to $10 million budgets, you know, maybe a little bit more. We go down to Essence Festival, and she takes a picture with us backstage. And I'm like, hi, Jada. You know, she knew me. Her manager knew me. They are fantastic people. Um, And she took a picture with me and my team. Do you know, she told the photographer immediately, like, hey, make sure that, you know, we get this picture and we get their addresses. She shipped us framed black and white photos that we took. Oh, wow. So that we could hang them in our homes. And it was a memorable moment for us with her. Like she sent that to us with a nice heart. I mean, just the best of the best. For my birthday, for anything, she would send wine, flowers. She remembers those little things and and makes note to to make sure that you feel important. So... She was also one of the best in the business to work with. I mean, she's just so genuine. Sounds like it. (laughs) Yeah. So I I stayed at Turner for nine years, rose all the way up through the ranks from coordinator to manager to senior manager to director to senior director um, and had a decision to make. I could stay at Turner, run one of the largest marketing teams there um, because I had such great champions internally. People supported me. They promoted me every two years. They promoted me over wow. other people who had been there longer and thought they deserved promotions. So that mm. tells you something when people are promoting you without even asking for it. 
I didn't ask for a promotion, but they kept mm. promoting me to higher and higher levels of responsibility, which was a great sign of confidence. Um, I'm sure. I, yeah, I had a decision to make. Do I stay at Turner or do I go to grow? And I think a mm. lot of people have to consider that question at some point in their career, maybe multiple points. Yeah, you do. So mm -hmm. there was a panel that I was on with Roger Bob. This is full circle from Tyler Perry Studios. Uh, Brad Siegel, uh, who is the head of Up TV, one of the two top people at Up TV. He was the founder, co-founder, um, and some other folks. And Roger Bob kept pumping me up. Oh, if you want an amazing marketing campaign, you need Lori Hall. Lori Hall launched Meet the Browns. It wow. Was she launched uh, House of Pain. She did all of Tyler's stuff. She made it all a hit. Blah, blah, blah. Lori's amazing. Right. Kept typing me up. And I was hoping that me being on the panel would give me, you know, a way in with Brad Siegel because I was interested in working with him. He used to be the president of, of uh, TBS and TNT. And so okay. I, yeah, I, I basically had that panel. Brad and I were tracking. We were saying the same things. We were alley-ooping each other. And afterwards, he's like, hey, would you ever be interested in leaving Turner? I said, I'm open. So we ended up meeting for coffee. He told me that there was a position at Up TV, but they were currently interviewing somebody that they really liked. He's like, but would you be interested? I said, you know, I think I might. He said, think about it. I'll give you three days. After that three days, if you're not interested, we're just going to go with the other person because she's fantastic. And he said, but if you're interested, mm -hmm. let me know within that time frame, and we will put you through the process and go from there. So I almost told him no. But a girl on my team, at wow. Twitter, right? Like I almost said no. And this is a lesson that I have taken with me throughout my life. You never tell yourself no. There's nothing to say no to until you have an offer on the table. There's no reason exactly. to say no to an interview, right? No reason to say no to an idea of a job. There's nothing to say no to until you have numbers on the table with, you know, compensation, this title, et cetera. Otherwise you go for it. But at the time I didn't, I didn't know that lesson, right? this is how I actually learned it. So a girl that worked on my team took me to lunch. She said, so what are you gonna do about that up TV job? Cause she's one of my confidants, Carmen Madison. And I said, oh, I think I'm gonna tell them no. You know, it's a smaller network. I thought it'd be great to get some more skills, you know, to be scrappier, to work with smaller budgets, you know, to be closer to the people at the top. But nah, I'm good. I like the budgets we have. I like Turner, it's comfortable. It's a great place, great team. She said, well, let me ask you this. Imagine yourself in two years. If you stay at Turner or if you go to Up TV, where will you be at the end of two years in either scenario? I said, well, at Up TV, I would be a vice president instead of a senior director, as I was at Turner, and I would have two years of vice president experience under my belt, and I can qualify for senior vice president. But if I say a Turner, I'll probably be a senior director after two years because they already had a VP in place and didn't have any more vacancies. So she goes, ah. right? So she helped push me to take the opportunity to interview with Up TV. I ended up getting the job. I left and I was the vice president of Up TV for exactly two years because I thought in my head, this is going to be a great job, but I think it's going to be a pivot to whatever is next. Stayed exactly two years and ended up pitching myself for the role of head of marketing at TV One and got it. And that's where I've been wow. five years. <laughs> yeah. So that's wow. my career journey. Yeah, and it's funny because I want to tell you something about faith, and I'm sure maybe your listeners would appreciate this. 
at every point in my career, at every point that there was a turn, I really had to have this insurmountable faith, even if I wasn't sure mm -hmm. I had it, right? So in law school, I had to have faith that I'd be okay if I quit. Not faith that I'd be successful, just that I'd be okay if I quit, right? When I applied to the Turner Broadcasting job, I had to have faith that maybe something would work out, you know? When mm -hmm. I went to Turner Broadcasting and I worked there, you know, I had to have faith that my hard work and my great quality of work was going to get me places. It was going to get me promoted. It was going to get me seen, et cetera. And then a year into my time at Turner at 23 years old, I meet Tyler Perry and my career takes off after that. Um, when I went to, wow. right, I had to have faith that, you know, maybe this guy on this panel will hear what I'm saying about marketing and maybe he'll take notice and want to hire me. And that's exactly what happened. Like I literally wow. prayed that would happen and it happened. And then when I went to a TV, it was about two years in and I was like, you know what? It's about time, but I don't know what I want to do next. I feel like every time I'm about to hit a transition or do something big, I get into this, this zone where I'm like confused. I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. I don't know which way to go. I don't know how to get there. And it's frustrating. And I get a little down yeah. and I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing? I need an option. And then all of a sudden it's like the Red Sea parts and the clear option is right in front of me. And then I go for it. So if you mm. ever feel like mm. you're, you're confused or you're down or you're not sure which direction to go, just hang on. It is coming. Yes. It is mm -hmm. coming. It I is. promise you. When I was at TV, Brad Siegel, the number two at TV, had gone on to TV one to become the president. And I was like, God, that would be an ideal place to go. Was there a job mm -hmm. opening there? No, not at all. But wow. I felt convicted in my soul that that's where I needed to be. Like, have you ever felt like really convicted about something? Yeah. Like, right? I mean, completely, completely. And then things just start to fall into place. Like, honestly, that's how it was when I started my um, career in insurance. Mm. Like, you know, I had transitioned from retail to insurance. Okay. So imagine that major leap going nice. from being selling clothing and wireless cell phones and all of that to a very professional career where nice. I only know how to, you know what I mean? I only know what to, I only know how to do an interview because I was in beauty pageants. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. But look <laughs> so, at that transition. A lot of people would be scared of that transition. Like, oh, I don't have transferable skills. Right. You, you went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went for it because a lot of people started to see certain things in me that I didn't even see in, see in myself. I didn't know that I was a great relationship builder. I just thought right. that everybody liked buying cell phones from me and they liked talking to me when they came in. No, girl, we like you. We like you. <laughs> you are amazing. We feel your energy. You, Some sis. people just have it. Thank yes. you, sis. Mm -hmm. Yes, I appreciate that because... Yeah. And, and that, that was what it was for me. It was like, I started to like get little, um, I did my own little survey with oh. the clients that I had when I was working at this cellular company. And I said, Hey, if I started my own business, would you support me? And they were like, of course we will. And like the first month I went into, went into the insurance industry, I had 30 life insurance policies, which is a lot. <laughs> I was like, Okay, God, this is like super easy. And I'm telling you, the moment that I decided that transition, because I had I had been unemployed prior to that because of the recession for like almost mm. two years. And then when I wow. got ready to transition from retail to insurance, 
the same day that I'm about to basically turn in my notice, district manager comes in and he says, oh, don't worry about um, putting in a resignation because we're going to close the store and you can just take a, a, a three to six month uh, severance pay instead. That way you can have some money to start your business. Wow. I was like, thank you. I oh, mean, and it you. was the smoothest okay. transition before you knew it. <laughs> My money started to run out in December, January 1st. I had a job. I was already, I was already interning for, for an Look insurance agent. And everything was just so easy. It was like I had to just make that decision. Oh, and once I, I made that. that decision, because you got to remember, like, I ran from the insurance industry five years before this time. <laughs> People had been saying mm. that I should have been in insurance five years before the actual time that I ended up joining the industry. And I just, I didn't see it. I had to be confident. Wow. And I think Look being that. in retail gave me that confidence back that I needed, you know? But you see, it started in your mind. Like once you decide, once you feel convicted, yeah. like you can't rush that. Like if you don't mm -hmm. feel it, you just don't. Mm -hmm. I completely, yeah. completely agree. I'm with you. And that's how I felt. I felt Right. I felt convicted. And I literally reached out to Brad Siegel, who was at TV One. And I said, can I talk to you? Um, I have some ideas for TV One. And I knew I was going to pitch him on, I want to be your, your head of marketing. Mm -hmm. I really do. And so I literally went to go talk to him. And um, I told him my thoughts, my vision, my ideas, et cetera. And I'm like, this is where wow. I need to be. This is what I want to be. I want to help you take this network mm -hmm. into the future. And he said, wow, I didn't know that, but I'm so glad. He's like, I respect you as a marketer. I, he's like, I, I could not have reached out to you, you know, because of, um, you know, yeah. certain legalities in terms of like, when you leave somewhere, you're not allowed to poach mm -hmm. people and things like that. But I went to him and I was nervous. When I'm I went. sure. Girl, let me tell you, my mother, child, let me tell y'all something. You know, and I'm not a, I'm not a highly overly religious person, but I'm spiritual, but you know, sometimes, you know, the universe or, you know, some people say like the devil or something will interrupt you and, and try to knock uh -huh. you off your game right before you're about to do something yep. big. Um, my lovely mother, who I love dearly called me right as I was getting ready to go over mm -hmm. to his house to pitch him on, Hey, I want to be your head of marketing for TV one. She called me and she said, oh, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm getting ready to go over to Brad's house to talk to him. She's like, you're not still trying to pitch him on, you know, being the head of marketing, are you? I said, yes. She said, oh, no, that's not the job for you. She was like, you're not going anywhere. You're not moving anything. You're going to stay right here. But, you know, you can go talk oh, to wow. him. Girl. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes your own parents would be like, uh-uh, that's Child. not what I see for you. I don't see that for you, right. but I'm always your girl. You know, I have to do that to my mama sometimes too. I'm like, but, but God, is, God is supposed to give me the vision, not you. <laughs> you know, said his mother could only dream so big for him, for, for him to be at the post office. And, mm -hmm. you know, my mother didn't want me to leave home because I was kind of the rock yeah. of the family. Like I helped her family. And so I something erupted inside of me and I was like, Ma, don't you ever call me because I'm trying to prepare for something. I'm already nervous and blah, blah, blah. And so I shut her down so hard. It was probably disrespectful, y'all. But <laughs> she understood. And so then I hung up the phone with her. I stealed my nerves, went to his house, pitched him. The rest is history. He uh, 
uh, recruited me to TV one. And, you know, like literally I was there for five amazing years, but my mom then later came around probably a week later and said she was sorry for what she did. <laughs> and she was just scared of losing me. And then she got me a mug that said, follow your heart. So Aww. then she was you know, all the way supportive, but child, I was like, don't test me. Don't test me, Dorita. <laughs> She's going to be like, I didn't tell you to tell my business. No, she's heard me say this on, on, on panels and everything, but I, I, I always make sure to say that she supported me in the comments. That is awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> so just to wrap it up really quickly, I know it's a long story short, but um, I was at TV One for five years. I rebranded the network. Um, I led the rebrand for TV One Represent. Um, mm -hmm. We decided that Represent was absolutely the right um, tagline for TV One because we represented um, Black culture and the best of Black culture. I love it. Yes. I love that. I love that you created that. Oh, that is yeah. that is new to me. I didn't know that, friend. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> the entire look of the network, That's the colors, awesome. the, the brand ethos, everything. That was done under my direction. And so I led all wow. of that. That was my very first charge. Um, and so did that. And within six months, and it usually takes a year to rebrand a network. Did that within six months mm -hmm. um, with my team. And then, you know, over the years, I basically led TV One's um, top four movies to number one positions um, in terms of ratings. So my team and I did the marketing wow. for the top four movies of all time on TV One. And that to me is a huge success because it's really hard yeah. when you're a smaller network to get eyeballs there, you know, and it, and it takes a lot of work from a lot of people, from the people who make the content to the people who deliver Very the content, true. to the people who market the content, the, the people who sell it. So it wasn't marketing alone that mm -hmm. makes anything a success, but it's definitely marketing that gets people there because you wouldn't know about a, a, a project, a program, you know, anything otherwise, unless you saw some piece of marketing. So, so true. Right? So true. Marketing is really important with any brand, Very. no matter what the size is. Exactly. Yeah. So we've had some great successes. I did a deal with Common to do a Black History Month campaign that was phenomenal using my network, reaching out to a friend. Yes. To Common and he put me in touch with Common's manager and it all came together beautifully. So there were a lot of great wow. moments there and I've worked with a lot of amazing people and, you know, due to coronavirus, they had uh, layoffs and unfortunately I was laid off as a part of it. But the entire mm -hmm. last year I've been working on my own agency and launched my agency called Poppin Creative, P-O-P apostrophe N. Yes. And when I was laid yes. off, I immediately had that ready to go. So it actually was perfect See? timing. And I was ready. To yeah, he leave. was just preparing you. Yes, <laughs> I was ready to leave. To be honest, I've been at TV One five years. That was the longest I've been since you know at a company since Turner. And I just felt like I needed to go to grow, but I didn't know what was next. Layoff happened. It actually ended up being a beautiful thing. And Poppin has now launched. So we are rocking and rolling. Have clients, and it's been a fantastic ride. So. That's right. I'm so excited for you. Poppincreative.com, guys. Make sure you check that out. Yeah, thanks so much, sis. I appreciate you and your support. You're always supporting entrepreneurs and small businesses and Black women and Black people. So thank you. Thank you, sis. I appreciate that. So, so let's talk a little bit about um, as far as, you know, you've been very, very successful on a lot of the decisions you've made, whether it, you know, whether it, it was leaving Turner, 
going to TV One and all these amazing campaigns that you've created, um, even for Tyler Perry and, and Jada Pinkett Smith. But what I want to know is, I know you've had these amazing ideas, but <laughs> what have you learned from some of your greatest flops? Like things that were a complete failure that you tried mm-hmm. and it just didn't work out. Right. Yeah. Oh, there are plenty of those. I mean, if you're going to be successful or if you want to be successful, you have to be willing to take the failures. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of the things I've learned, you know, are just that you can't dwell on your failures too long. You can't wallow. Yeah. I give myself a morning period of my failures. Like I give myself, (laughs) you know, 24, 48 hours to really be down in the dumps because you need that time. Like you're literally grieving because something did not work out. Um, and then I go into dissect mode. Like I literally go into an autopsy on what happened, what didn't work, why didn't this work, etc. And if there are things that I did that were wrong, I make amends with that. If I screwed something up um, on behalf of, you know, other people's work, I go and apologize for that. Like it's just, you know, I, I dissect what happened and I try to rectify it to the best yeah. of my ability. So that I can, one, know what not to do next time, because that's a part of success building is knowing what not to do. Um, Yeah. Two, it's so that I make sure that I keep my relationships intact with the people that I was working with. I always want people to know that I always had the best intentions. And if I screwed up, I'm going to admit I screwed up quickly and in person. And that's the way Mm -hmm. it's going to be. And I think that really I love it. Respect between people. Yeah, I think it's really been beneficial for me in my career to do it that way. I'm sure. So, so what have you done specifically? I know that you just started popping creative within the last year or so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of great marketing people out here in this field, period. Um, so what have you done? What's like that one thing that you've done to, to really kind of make yourself stand out, um, whether it be the popping creative brand and you also as an individual marketing um, exec as well? Right. So I have to give a shout out to my business partner for pop and creative Jessica Lane. She actually, you know, has been working for, you know, a lot longer than I have. Um, but we, we, we built it, we brainstormed, we did it together. Um, and it's been such a great journey. Um, but in terms of my, you asked basically about like, what's been a part of my success as a brand. Yeah. And, And what have you done that really makes you stand out as a brand? I think being myself, to be honest, um, there was a time and even now, sometimes I get affected by this, where I was really concerned and preoccupied with what other people thought of me and how I was perceived. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget, there was this one presentation that I was doing with the president of Cartoon Network. And it's because my good girlfriend now, you know, mentor then, uh, she's still a mentor to me. Vicky Free, she asked me to present instead of her. Like she totally could have presented. She was the vice president, but she she gave me a platform to present. She mm-hmm. was like, I want you to present with him. Okay. And I did. She gave me so many coaching notes and it made me really nervous. Like I was just really preoccupied with how it was going to come off. I seemed like, you know, yeah. on, on an equal level as he was. And when I presented, I did it. It didn't feel comfortable. And afterwards, she says to me, I think I took all the you out of the presentation. I'm sorry. Wow. About that. She was like, you are so much better when you're just yourself. Mm. She was like, I gave you way too much else. You know, just be yourself moving forward. 
And I remembered that. And so over the course of my career, I've always tried to be myself, my loud laugh, my crazy laugh, (laughs) whatever it is, just being me. And I think people remember me for that. Um, When I speak on panels, people say, oh my God, you were so authentic. You were so real. And it's not a farce. It's just Mm -hmm. me. And I think that the best thing that anybody can do is just be yourself. That's your job. Your job is to be unique. Yeah. Because nobody else can be you. And there's a place for you in this world because you're here. So just be you. And I think that will really stand out. I think that's um, the biggest headline. The second one is make sure you know that the things that you do will always be associated with your personal brand. So just know that if you're saying Mm -hmm. something or saying no to something, both can be positive, but whatever you do, it will be associated with you. So if there's something that makes you uncomfortable, don't do it because that will go with you throughout your career. Very, very true. Very, very true. So I know that you've had some great ideas uh, when it comes to marketing, but how do you move forward when you feel like you are passionate about this great idea that you've created for your client and everyone is telling you, no, it's not going to work? That's not at all what they were going for. You know, like what, what's your approach to that when you kind of have to go back to the drawing board? Oh, I just had to do this recently. <laughs> so we have <laughs> creative for a good girlfriend. I'm not going to name the brand. Um, and my girlfriend is a marketing beast. We've grown up in the marketing world together. She asked me mm-hmm. if I would pitch. Um, we were at Hibachi eating dinner somewhere. And um, I said, yeah, we'll pitch. And she's like, great. I'd love to get some new ideas honey, she cut me no slack. Like she, she can separate (laughs) very well. I actually just got off the phone with her before um, we got on this podcast, but um, she sent us the brief and in the marketing world, when you decide to pitch someone, oftentimes they'll send you a brief. A brief is basically an overview document Mm -hmm. of exactly what they want you to do. The problem they're trying to solve and then what they'd like you to do to solve it, right? So, so it gives you all the details about the brand itself, you know, how you can come up with ideas, et cetera, et cetera. So we took the brief and we were like, great, we're going to pitch. We made the biggest rookie mistake ever. We did not ask for a phone call for them to take us through it verbally so that oh, we could no. ask, right? We just figured, oh, it's in the brief. She wants ideas. It's my girlfriend, whatever. And I still knew she was a ferocious marketing beast and she would cut me no slack, but I just felt like, okay, maybe we'll do it. <laughs> so we put together ideas, my business partner, Jessica and I, and the ideas were cute. And, you know, when you're brainstorming, you know, the beautiful thing about brainstorming is that one person will have an idea and then the other person will add on or vice versa, you know, or you guys will both kill an idea together, but you kind of are led by each other in terms of what you think is good and what's not good, but you don't have the clock. Yeah. Telling you, yes, that's on point. No, it's not. So we put together a presentation and took them through it. And literally, like within the first three minutes, my girlfriend, who was the head of the account for the client, starts asking these really point blank but deep questions. And we tried to answer it. I could hear the hesitation in her voice. I could hear the dissatisfaction in her voice. And I could hear the hesitancy. Oh, wow. And I knew it was going downhill fast. Like we were going downhill faster than a you know skier on a on a you know straight up and down slope. It was just going south. And wow, yeah, it was heartbreaking. Um, and so when it was going south, I quickly tried to kind of cut the conversation, 
and say, oh, you know what? We probably should have asked for a briefing call. And she said, yes, you should have asked for a briefing call. You should have made sure oh. to have that call. And that was on you guys to do. I mean, she literally let us have mm. it right there on the call. As she <laughs> That's tough. Um, That's tough. But I give her her props. Um, it was a coaching moment. And she was like, this is a teachable moment for you guys. And she literally said that. And um, we asked if we could you know, do a redirect. And so then we talked through with them. We just said, let's just stop this presentation. Let's just actually talk about the brief and let's go through that in detail so that we can repitch you ideas that are more aligned with what you're looking for. And so they talked us through the brief <laughs> and, you know, it's funny, Jessica and I both had to go out of town. We went out of the country, both of us out of the country at the same time. I'm in Belize. She's, I think, mm -hmm. in Trinidad. And we have to put this pitch together. So I'm literally at the Airbnb in Belize trying to get Wi-Fi, all this stuff, doing the pitch while I'm there. Yeah, it was crazy. And so my best friend who I was with, Nicole, like she was just like, girl, get your work done. It's cool, whatever. So, you know, we finally got the pitch pulled together. I'm literally an hour out from doing the revised pitch and I'm feeling so good, feeling so amazing about it. And the Wi-Fi at the Airbnb goes out. Oh, on the no. island. The housekeeper lady, we call her. We're like, oh my God, the Wi-Fi is out. She's like, try to use the next door neighbors. I got their passcode because I manage their property. Tried that. Didn't work well. She's like, well, I got to go pay the bill, but it takes me 40 minutes to get to town on the golf cart. And <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sitting here like holding my breath like, oh my God, we cannot fail twice. We cannot, we cannot miss. Oh gosh. That was literally working from vans moving in Trinidad because she had to go on group trips. She was on a group day. Like we had done the most to get this done. Finally, the Wi-Fi comes on 20 minutes before the pitch. Take, take the client through the pitch. They love the ideas. My friend said, you killed this. You guys are an amazing agency. This is phenomenal. Great job. Love it done and so that was an amazing wow for us right but what happened was when you asked about what do you do when people are like that's not the idea you listen like the worst thing we could have done would have been mm -hmm. presenting her ideas that were absolutely not on point so when somebody says no 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 that yeah. isn't it you know what let's take a pause it's like a, a tv timeout technical whatever okay mm -hmm. well then let me ask you some questions. And if you can ask that person questions and do more listening and asking than you are talking, then you'll get at what they need and you can revise your direction. When you're in an agency world, yes. you are working for someone else. It's not just your ideas that get to be you know, done. When I was on the client side at TV, TV One and through the rest of my career, excuse me, let me pause. When I was on the client side, at TV one and through the rest of my career, I was able to just say, yes, no, I like this. Don't like this, whatever. I was the client. I was the one who got to say yes. Mm -hmm. On the agency side, absolutely flipped. Right. And you have to be ready for that mindset shift. And so we had to learn, like, we don't know what's best. The client knows what's best, even if we have a completely different opinion. So listen, ask questions and always take that briefing call. <laughs> That's what I would say. Yes, I love I love that advice. Listen, take that advice, ladies. <laughs> like, take it, okay? Yes, yes. Never take something cold. Yes, yes. Or you will find yourself failing fast. <laughs> hurting, hurting. Don't let somebody get your butt handed to you. Like, it, it, uh -uh. it just hurts so badly. But they yeah. say there's nothing like the lesson we paid for. We paved that lesson. <laughs> I love it. So a lot of our listeners, when they decided they're going to start a business, a lot of times they're thinking about solo entrepreneurship. So I, what I love about yours is a little unique because 
you actually automatically started with the business partner uh, exactly. on the first go around. So what I really want to know is what was some of the traits that you were looking for in a business partner? And how did you know that that was the right business partner for you? Let me tell you something. They say that when you lie, steal, cheat, or kill, do it by your damn self. <laughs> um, I feel the same way about businesses, <laughs> usually. Um, because it's a marriage, y'all. It is a marriage. It is a merging of, of souls and ideals and personalities. And you have to be willing to like basically be married to that person, yeah. your business partner. So I would not get into business with anybody that I didn't feel like I would want to marry in the business sense. Um, I will tell you, there was another person who was in our partnership in the very, very beginning. And um, she, you know, had to bow out for her own reasons. But I think that it was truly the right thing for me and Jessica to be business partners and just to be two, just because you have more personalities when there are more people. So I love the idea of solopreneurs. Um, if you have a business partner, you know, to me, I always wanted to limit it to like one if I could. Um, mm -hmm. But I knew that one, I wanted somebody with a complimentary skill set. Smart. Like someone who would back me out, right? Yeah. Like we don't need two people that do exactly the same thing that are exactly the same type of person. So Jessica is much better at the operational side of the business. She's much better at being like the COO of the business. She's great at client development. Great. She's also a phenomenal marketer and phenomenal digital and social strategist. That's her sphere, like digital social strategy and execution. That's her sphere. She loves production, um, but she just has a really great knack for thinking through complex problems Love it. and having the patience to do diligence for that. Right. Me, I'm the creative. I'm like, oh, let's just brainstorm. Let's just think creatively, you know, <laughs> and I'm the big idea person, Right. Um, I'm also, and I get this from Jessica, actually, because we talked through this when we were developing the partnership. I was like, what role do you want me to play? You know, and what role do you want to play? I think those are important questions to yeah. ask. Uh, Jessica definitely said, right, that she wanted the COO type role. And she wanted me to be like the salesperson, basically, for our agency. Like, meet with people. Like, do the, you know, dazzling presentation. You're good at that. Because I love to speak. And thank you. You are. You <laughs> I are. love doing it. You are. So she was like, that is all you, you know, I can alley you, but she's like, I would love for you to dazzle our potential clients, you know, present, be the, you know, kind of like a, a brand energy for us um, and bring the big creative ideas. I think we're both very, very creative. So it, it helps, but you know, that gave me a very specific direction for how I was going to operate in the business and how she was going to operate. And they very much complement each other. Because let me tell you something, there are days that I don't feel like working on the business or in the business. I just don't. Yeah. And those are the days that she comes through like a champ rallying me to say, hey, let's do it, you know, and vice versa for her. Like when we were both on vacation trying to do that pitch mm -hmm. and I was in the islands and she was in the islands, she wasn't able to actually be a part of the pitch. Oh, wow. So I found other people, a part of our creative team, because we're, we're actually a collective. We, we, um have different people that we connect with to come up with our ideas and to produce them and things like I that. I love it. Yeah, it's really great because that way we get the right energy and the right people concepting and creating for each specific That's product. That's really smart. Yeah, it's been, it's been so helpful. And um, she wasn't able to be a part of it, but I assembled the team. I was able to do it and I covered 
for when she couldn't be there, right? She was working day and night whenever she mm-hmm. had two seconds of free time. She was literally working on the pitch. But when, there were times where she just couldn't because there was no Wi-Fi or there was not an ability to do that. Um, and so we balance each other in that way. And there are no, you know, hard feelings or anything because we recognize this is our partnership and that we are in this together and that, you know, where one might, um, I hate to use this terminology, but where one might be weak, the other is strong and vice versa. So she's my strength when I'm weak and I'm her strength when she's weak and it works. I love it. I love it. So, so did you actually have to get any type of certifications um, throughout your career or were there some that you thought that were more beneficial than others that you recommend other aspiring marketing uh, gurus to get? You know, there are a lot of great marketing classes out there. You don't, it's not required to, to have a certificate in marketing. I was a marketing major in college. I thought about going to business school, but then I saw that price tag and I was like, no. <laughs> and I hear about people being in debt in the hundreds of thousands. And I was like, that's not what I'm looking to do. Um, but yep. you know what? Marketing is phenomenal because it's really all about the creativity of your ideas and how great, how well you can execute them. Um, so you don't necessarily need a certification, but if you want to learn more, there are so many amazing books. Like there, there's a marketing guru who I love reading uh, all of his books. Uh, his name is Seth Godin, G-O-D-I-N. He has a okay. book called The Dip. It's about figuring out where that point is in terms of when you, if you think about like a a hill, right? You know how like a curve can go like high and then it rounds out at the top like a hill. Yeah. Figuring out that point at which you stop loving what you do and you need to leave. And it's right when that dip starts to happen. Like if you're loving it, loving it, you're on a roller coaster, you're going up the roller coaster, you're loving, 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 loving. When you get to the top, right as you're starting to descend, that's your dip. Find out what that yeah. is for you and when, when it's time for you to move on. Um, it's been a while since I've read it, so I might not be quoting it exactly, but it's it's a skinny book. <laughs> phenomenal. Seth Godin, you can go to his um, doodle page, doodle.com. Um, he has a doodle page there, but he's a great guy to read. And he he's on Instagram. You can follow him on Instagram. He just has a re- lot of really great theories about marketing. Simon Sinek, I'm looking at my, my bookshelf right now. Simon Sinek has a book called Leaders <laughs> in the Last. He's phenomenal. So I saw him on, I think maybe a TED talk and he talked about um, the why and, you know, you can market to people all you want with the what, but you have to connect with them on the why. Why do I need that product? Why is it important? If Apple tried to sell computers just because they were superior machines, it wouldn't work. But when you sell sleep design um, you know, easy computing, um, a lifestyle. It's all about freedom of being able to create on it, et cetera, et cetera. You tap into people's why. You can't sell anybody anything that they need. You can only sell them something they want. And you have to remember that. Very true. Very true. Very true. So, so what, what approach have you guys had to um, how you're going to grow your business and how you've grown it thus far? Have you tapped into any specific networks connections or anything like that oh absolutely that is absolutely what we what we are doing now and what we started doing when we were building the partnership so probably after we had the nuts and bolts of the partnership down and and what the agency was going to be we developed a list of warm contacts people that we knew that we had familiarity with that we could pick up the phone and call that would probably give us a piece of business just because they like us and they know us Mm -hmm. 
So we developed that warm contact list. And then we developed, you know, basically like right. our cold pitch list, people that we don't know, but we might need to ask someone if they can put us in touch with them, et cetera. Um, so we started with our warm contacts and it's been very fruitful. We've done um, some work for Freeform, which is the former ABC Family TV network. The way nice. that we got that, yeah. When Jessica, Jessica actually worked um, on my team at Turner Broadcasting and she also worked on my team at TV One. So I actually <laughs> recruited her from Seattle when she was at oh, Microsoft wow. Bing to come work for me at TV One. So um, when we decided to do this partnership, we were like, we should go back to Trisha Melton, who was our head of marketing at Turner Broadcasting, and have her um, set up a capabilities meeting with her team so that we can share what we're doing. So we reached out to Trisha. She was over the moon about the agency starting and she she told us to come to the office pitch her team on our capabilities and then they gave us an rfp which is a request for a proposal which is basically like a brief in the pitching sense and um the rest mm -hmm. is history we've done um, two projects with them one's currently on hold because of coronavirus but we were able to do some phenomenal work with them off the rip and she trusted us her team trusted us That's and awesome. we have a great relationship with her team they're awesome people yeah, and same thing with That's my awesome. girlfriend from the other brand. So yeah, warm contacts. Start taking uh, meetings to just talk to people about you know what you're doing, you know what your agency is doing, what your company is doing, and then what we're doing now. We got some good advice from an agency friend of ours. We're asking people if we could solve a problem for them for free. Like what keeps you up at night? Love that. What problem can we solve for you? Um, and so we're actually about to do that with another. Um, major network soon um to just do some free thinking free brainstorming for them that's definitely smart and it's a great way to um be able to show your value to a potential client as well yes, then, yes yeah. you know i mean it just adds you can show basically how you're adding value to them you know just right. by having your expertise in your particular company come in and just solve a problem for them that Apparently, no one's even thought about uh, an approach to it yet. So that's a great, exactly. great idea. Yeah, great everybody idea. wants, everybody has problems to solve. So that's a great way you can lend yourself to someone and to get your foot in the door. I agree. I couldn't agree more. So what <laughs> advice would you give to our Boss Circle members, specifically ones who may want to start a business in the marketing um, industry? Yeah, you know, if you want to start a business in the marketing industry, I would say think about what type of marketing you want to do because it's a broad spectrum out there. So we focus at Poppin Creative on digital and social content and experiences um, that we can actually extrapolate into the real world. We also do events. Um, so any type of event marketing, et cetera, um, we focus on that as well. Red carpets, screenings, things like that. So think about what type of marketing you want to do. Is it sports marketing? Is it sports marketing for NASCAR and 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 race car? You know, is it is it basketball? Is it soccer do you want to do more uh, makeup tutorial marketing you know do you want to do there's so many different creative fields out there right now which i love so think about what your niche would be um or niche um i never know how to say that right so i say both ways <laughs> and, <laughs> my mom is the grammar police and <laughs> focus on that and then do some research to see who's who's out there doing it already um and who's yeah. doing it well yeah, you got to look at the competition because that's who people are going to right now. Um, and when I say competition, it doesn't mean that you guys have to be rivals, 
we're actually partnering up with people who are quote unquote our competition because nobody can take all the work. You know, there might be, right. There might be pieces of business that a bigger agency just won't take for less than a certain amount, but you Mm -hmm. as a new agency would be happy to take at that lesser amount because you're getting your feet wet and you're trying to get more work. So when you see your competitors, it might be good to talk to them and ask them for advice too. Um, ask them for tips and things that you should think about and then offer to do some of the work that they might not be able to do. I love that. I love that. That's that's a, a great idea because it's enough. It's enough out here for everybody to eat. So everybody. I always say, always say, wouldn't you rather have 10% of a $5 million deal than nothing? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, Take that money. You're able to, yes, you're able to add that to your resume. Exactly. And people are willing to help and people want to have resources that they can call upon that they can trust. So they do. They really, really do. Well, this has been so amazing having you on here, Lori. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. (laughs) No problem. I'm so excited that you agreed to come to the circle, honey, and just look at your amazing journey. Huh? <laughs> I'm here for the boss circle. This is a special yes. group and it's so special what you're doing. So if you ever need anything from me, you let me know because I am here for it. This is a fantastic podcast. I'm so glad you're doing this. It's so needed. Thank you so much. So please let everybody know where they can find you. Sure. On Instagram, I am Lori J-A-Y. So that's L-O-R-I-J-A-Y, all in word. And that's also my Twitter handle. And on Facebook, I think I'm facebook.com slash Lori J. Maybe there's an H at the end. Lori J-A-Y-H. But if you go to my Instagram, you can probably find me easier there. So that's how you get me. Tell us where we can find Poppin' Creative. Sure. It's poppincreative.com, P-O-P-N creative.com um and we're on instagram as well same user handle pop in the letter n creative love it thank you so much Lori. we really appreciate you coming on oh thank you so much alexis sierra i love you and thanks for all you do no problem Join us for next week's episode where you'll get to meet one of my boss friends and head over for our Q&A on My Boss Circle TV at mybosscircle.com, our Facebook group, and on our YouTube channel.